Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins and everything in between. I'm Benedict and I'm feeling content. I'm Benedicta. Today is May 3rd. This is episode number 138 and I am feeling anxious. Oof, why are you feeling anxious? Why am I that's feeling anxious? Nice, that, that's not a nice feeling, is it? Well, I don't know. It's not It's not super bad either. I, I can't remember what, what it was under on the uh, feelings wheel <laughs> that we <laughs> reference every now and then. But check. we got an inbound lead for Gatsby plugin work. Um, and we are chatting to them this week and, you know, that could lead to something or nothing or <laughs> a little bit or a lot. So, um, little anxious about seeing where that takes us, but also just super happy for it to come my way. Like it feels like things are working. The little engine yes. is Did working. You how did that happen? Like, did they reach out to you out of nowhere? Did you reach out to them first? Like, do no, you have so any this idea? Was, uh, 100%, 100% inbound. <laughs> so I got a DM and it's, um, they got referred to me from Paul that used to be on our streaming show that now works at Gatsby. Mm -hmm. So they asked him if he knew somebody that could help them with the maintenance of their existing plugins that I think originally were kind of community plugins, but then of course, when they are not maintained, that you know doesn't look good for yeah. the company. Um, but I don't know, like this is just guessing because we haven't had a meeting yet. <laughs> but <laughs> um, and then they want to contract out that work and kind of them, uh, and we're looking for people to do that. So he recommended us, and then I sent them, you know, a savvy cal link, and they booked and. We're having a meeting this week. <laughs> Woo. Woo oh, that's awesome. I mean, that's uh, that's exactly what we were trying to do. So it sounds like. Uh... And it feels like it's some one of those things where it's hard to say exactly what made that happen. I know. I mean, Paul knows that we do this kind of work or working our way to do this kind of work. But we hadn't spoken, you know, at lengths about that. But the same day or a couple of hours before I tweeted, I do this every now and then, like I say periodic update, we can help you with your Gatsby plugin needs. I think this one was. Um, and also it was the week where I was person of the week, you know, for Smashing Magazine last, uh, last week. So I feel like I was on a lot of, on top of mind for a lot of people. Um, so when then you know, that might have helped him in remembering that he could refer us, even though he should right. know. Uh, but I haven't asked him, though, if that like, but he probably doesn't even know, right? Because these things are hard to pin down, like exactly right. why. But I feel like kind of the engine and the content and the being out there is is working then. And we also got to interview an in-house DevRel in charge of their Gatsby plugin. Um, and kind of through the same things. Like we, we know the person through the internet <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're super happy to talk to us. And we had like a really good interview uh, talking about kind of their pain points and where they're at and all of that kind of, kind of stuff. And lack of time is one of, was the biggest pain point, which is kind of where we're, you know, aiming for i guess with like taking on this work for companies where you know gatsby isn't their thing um yeah. 
And then also interestingly, before this interview, I read the uh, Write Useful Books by Rob Fitzpatrick, who's also the author of um, The Mom Test and another like a workshop book. Anyway, I find it really, I really enjoyed that book. And I took some of the questions from that book into this interview. Um, and like during the interview, we got into talking that, okay, when the person was learning Gatsby, they watched vi uh, video courses and like which video courses were good. But then now where they're working more deeply into kind of the Gatsby stack and like working with the source plugin, they go more straight to documentation and written content. And I feel the same thing, the more like kind of senior you become or the more you know something, you kind of just want to go straight to kind of the answer or like a little bit of help around the answer and not watch somebody try to do it or like watch a video and then do one step. <laughs> um, yeah. So all of that kind of made us think that maybe like a, a thing to make as part of this kind of authority business thing is to make like a practical kind of guide or book on how to make um, best practice Gatsby source plugins and kind of have that instead of trying to make a course so that somebody could like read through the book and see, okay, where are their holes in, in knowledge and where are the best practices they are not following and and if they want to like follow the step-by-step, -step, but more be able to like jump in where they need to jump in. And I feel like that is easier in a book type format than in like a video type format. Um, so that was interesting, interesting but, little knowledge bits. <laughs> what's easier for you to produce? Is, is it easier to do the videos or to do the book? So I would say... In August, I would definitely have said it's so much easier for me to just do video. But after writing daily emails now for <laughs> January, February, March, April, four months, I'm like, I can write a book. <laughs> 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 so we'll see if that is true or not. But it feels like writing is something that you can kind of put into the space around other things like you still need dedicated time to write if you're going to write something substantial like a book but your environment could be pretty much anything but if you're doing video you kind of have to have your setup you have yeah. to like feel at least i have to like feel good ish like you know if you want to <laughs> come across as energetic and happy and all of those things on video like it you have to be in a certain frame of mind while I find I can write these emails when I'm like, you know, not feeling it. I can write the emails when I am feeling it. I can write them in a cafe, airport, you know, it's, it's kind of a, so yeah, it's shifted. Like, I think maybe now I, I am in a position where I'm like, I think I could write a short, a short practical book. You know, like what he talks about in his book, like a useful book, not a mm -hmm. like he says, some books are for like practical, useful kind of books and other books are like pleasure books. And some nonfiction are pleasure books. They're more there to entertain and motivate and inspire mm -hmm. kind of things. But then you have more of the useful books um, that actually help people, you know, do what they are trying to do. And I think I could make something like that. We'll see. <laughs> that's an interesting shift though like I, I i could have sworn you said like video is easier but sounds like uh, writing is a muscle indeed that you can train by just doing it a lot 
Absolutely. I still think live video is is kind of live streaming or live panels or live stuff is still one of my easiest things to say yes to because I don't I don't feel that anxious about it and I can talk kind of on my feet so I don't have to prep a lot, especially for a panel where it's not like live coding or anything like that, where I just kind of have to talk like with, I mean, I guess that's a muscle as well. We sit here talking every week, but that's something I've always done. Um, so I still think maybe live video or like live stuff is still kind of the easiest to produce like a lot of content for me. Um, but I do think writing is easier than pre-recorded videos. Um, Makes sense. And it's yeah. Easy, yeah. And it's easier to go back and edit and it's easier to kind of update because if you have a book and something changes, for instance, with how Gatsby, you know, wants their plugin ecosystem to work, you can go in and update it. Everybody will get an update that doesn't involve kind of re-recording videos. Mm -hmm. You can update maybe that one you know, section or chapter or something. And you could re-record one video, but then like you'll look different in that one video. <laughs> <laughs> maybe your background has changed, like all of these things that maybe wouldn't be that bad, but it looks like it it's harder to like piece together a video production. <laughs> than, right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So but talking about uh streaming though, uh somebody you know, Pierre founder of co-founder of scraping bee is coming on our show this week the um unauthorized and rum fueled treasure hunts around the gatsby islands and we'll be sourcing data into the gatsby data layer using their product scraping bee which is for scraping websites and we actually have like a pretty cool use case because i have my webinars on crowdcast and crowdcast does not have an api which is mm. weird in this DNA, DNH, ADNH, D, I don't know the term, but you understand. <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to say, hopefully. Um, <laughs> day and age, I think is the, <laughs> it's the term. Um, so I tried because they do have like really good blog posts on how to do this without their product, which I really like their strategy. Like they write these really nice, thoughtful um, blog posts on how to do web scraping without scraping B. And then obviously in some cases like mine, you need them right away. But in other cases, like you could maybe for little needs, you could do it like they say in the blog post, but then you could also do it through scraping B. And Crowdcast has nothing on the page if you don't have JavaScript turned on. So mm. it's just like a bunch of really weird HTML and some JavaScript like in the source there. I tried to like understand what they were doing i couldn't i tried to do it through js dom which is the blog post article you know we're talking about that you can run it through a little package called js dom where it actually tries to run the javascript but i still like couldn't actually get to the <laughs> resulting page and i know i could do it through like phantom js no puppeteer or um you know one of those headless browsers where you actually fire up kind of a browser and you pretend to be a browser, but I know that I cannot package that with Gatsby. So mm -hmm. the Gatsby kind of webpack thing doesn't allow you to package these kind of native binaries, I guess they're called. So I was like, okay. So I tested out just going straight to the scraping B endpoint and like calling it and getting that data. And it magically just worked. 
Nice. I had to snack there. I was like, oh my God, your off product is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so we are skipping trying to do this in any other way. And we're just going to go straight to scraping B uh, solution on the stream, which is kind of my choice and not because Pierre was like, let's show them how to do it without our product and then show it. And I was like, no, 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 we're just going to show it with your product. <laughs> like, I don't have time for figuring out how to do it in any other way. So. Um, hopefully that, that will be fun for him as well. <laughs> I'm sure it will so, be. Yeah. No, so all in all, I feel like, um, I feel like the, the queen is doing well. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then also, did I say that at the beginning, but, um, I have been accepted as a speaker at React Norway, and I'm going to do a practical introduction to web uh, the Web Crypto API, where we're going to encrypt notes and save them to GitHub um, with a Gatsby app, of course. <laughs> uh, and I've done this talk once, so it's kind of, um, it's a talk that I know, and that's why I wanted, like, for the, I guess for, like, the Queen brand, it would have been better if I did, like, a Gatsby plugin talk, but I didn't want to sit down and make a new talk, so I kind of reused one that I've done internally before and I will have to shorten it a little bit. And what I like about it and I, that I mentioned a little bit last week, it's like, it's, it's, it's coming together like sawdust. We talked about that, like being like leftovers from other work you've done. So this is kind of sawdust, both from doing Gatsby work because it's a Gatsby application, but also my work with POW where I had to learn more about encryption and the web crypto API. So this is a talk that kind of takes things I've learned from both spaces and like, makes it into a talk and I can hopefully have this talk in several places without having to kind of, you know, recreate or create a new talk every time. So they were like, Oh, there's still spaces. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll send this in. Um, and I got accepted. So that is pretty cool. Yeah. And nice. yeah. And I've been doing yoga every day again, which is also awesome. Um, Everything's yeah. pointing up and to the right, I guess. Up and to the right, we'll see. We'll see. That's why I'm anxious. It might just be like pointing somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, so with all that queen work, of course, Pow hasn't gotten any love and my microconf bracelet fell off. And let's see uh, if we ever get a sass off the ground. <laughs> what happened to your friends joining? Are they off the radar? Are they still... No, so he and Ola are still talking uh, together and like working. So they're going to have a stream, I think, this week where they kind of review some of Ola's POW site work. But we haven't had any more talks about like exactly how it's going to look like. So I guess I need to start working on it again and like get some traction going again so that everyone, yeah, it's standing or hanging a little on my work, I guess, since. If I don't do anything to the product, like nobody wants to work on, <laughs> nobody's energized, right? <laughs> um, so yes, no. Why yes, don't no. they just start? <laughs> yeah. So we're a little. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, but I feel like I need to. I don't know. Let's skip out for this episode. How's that for you, Benedict? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, um, our conversation from last week about the sign-up flow was actually helpful. Um, 
like yes. the, the the problem uh you you pointed out with um reordering steps led to another change in the implementation <laughs> so um yeah but overall we are basically done um there's still some polishing left in terms of uh, fixing some styling issues and basically seeing what jane uh doesn't like in the in the styling and where we got her designs wrong and don't know because we're not uh don't have the eye for the details as much as she does so that part is still missing but other than that it's it's working um you can go back you can go to the next step you can jump around between completed steps and all of it and it's just working so um it felt like treating this like a proper feature made a difference and uh yeah as i said like the suggestion you had or the 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 point you raised about reordering steps we addressed that by getting rid of the state machine (laughs) 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 so um Uh, there's still a state machine, but it's basically just two states. It's completed and incomplete. Uh, and uh, then we expose all the steps to the front end, and each step has on its own a completed or incompleted state. And the combination of all of that is used to figure out, like, when people enter the app, we figure out, is there is their account completed or not? If it's not, then we boot them back into the sign-up flow, uh, looking at the steps, and basically sending them to the page of the first incompleted step and then you can continue setting up their account from there and yeah overall it works great um the implementation turned out nice and somewhat self-contained we were able to add tests for everything so i'm i'm feeling good about it overall um it still blows my mind how we underestimated this so much like i don't we're going to have a conversation probably later this week about how to prevent stuff like this from happening ever again. Uh, Did you do any initial estimation work? Do you have like a number you can share and then the number that you ended up or did it not have? Like my initial gut feeling estimate was like, we get this done in a week and instead we got it done in a month. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's not because we did other stuff. We just basically just did that. <laughs> Are you usually good at estimating? Like, do you usually feel like your gut feeling is correct? Or has this happened before? I mean, you know how it is with estimating software. It's always a little bit, I don't know, it's not super accurate. But in this particular case, I feel like the biggest problem was that I underestimated it mm-hmm. quite a bit like i was like ah this is simple this is just like sign up load a couple pages click 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 done and that <laughs> definitely wasn't the case and yeah i think what played into this a little bit is that because i underestimated it so much we didn't do a lot of upfront planning and upfront discussion on how should this work? So a lot of it was just like, yeah, go go start working on it, figure something out, and then we'll, we'll get it to work eventually. And that led to a lot of unnecessary iterations. Oh, well, unnecessary, who knows? But it led to a lot of iterations that are not like just refinements, but like fundamental changes within every iteration. So a lot of the work 
in the of the previous iteration was usually discarded because we realized there's a problem with that approach or whatever. And overall, it took like a lot of time. And um, initially, Leo did most of the stuff just on the front end, and we were like, "Ah, let's worry about the back end later." And then at some point, he got to a stage where it was mostly working, and I started working on the back end, and basically went through the exact same iterations just on the back end side. And I feel like if we just had sat down in the first week, and I mean, maybe yes, do some experimentation before that to get like a feel because sometimes with new problems like that you don't you don't know what you don't know so play around with it a little bit figure out what the major problems are and then have like a two-hour session to just like hash out a plan and try to poke holes in it and and all of that and then figure out a solution and implement that i guess we could have done it in two weeks instead of four <laughs> uh, but that's how it is. Like, I, I guess it's a learning. <laughs> so for most of my mom's career, she was a CTO. Before that, she was a programmer. And she also always said as a CTO, she would take the developers' estimates and she would tell them that they could multiply it by a chosen number between um, E and pi. And I don't know how good you are <laughs> in in these math terms, but um, that essentially is three for those who are E is 2.7 and pi is 3.14. So she basically just took their estimates and multiplied it by three because when she did that to every estimate, that's basic. Then they usually came up with correct overall <laughs> estimations. Yeah, um, yeah. So you can you can think about my mom the next time you estimate and choose a number between e and pi and uh, and have that as your. But the problem estimation. is, <laughs> I'm not sure who said that and who discovered it on, but there, there's a saying that if you approach it like this and take estimate multiplied by three, you will still take at least double or three times the time of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you take the time that you've kind of given yourself. Um, but it's still kind of, I think if you look at it, if you like zoom out a little bit and you have loads of tasks and, and then you look at kind of the overall and you multiply it, then you're probably closer to something if you're going to promise deadlines than if yeah. you... Um, yeah. But anyway, I, mean, that, I think it's a, we... it's a fun joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, the good part is like with the product work, we don't have deadlines per se. I mean, maybe sometimes it would be helpful. And sometimes we set arbitrary deadlines just to focus on, like force us to to skip stuff or like cut scope and stuff like that. But overall, we don't have deadlines. So I'm not entirely sure how... How important is it? It is to like have super accurate estimates, but like I mean, in this particular case, just uh, I underestimated the complexity and the moving parts, mm -hmm. and we should try to avoid that in the future. <laughs> anyway, I like your point about exploring a little bit, like time box some exploration, so that yeah. both you and um, is it Leo or Leon? Le Leo, Leo, um, you know, have some information coming in. 
Because that's yeah. what they said with like brainstorming and things. Like if everybody just comes into a room without any like prior knowledge, like your brainstorming isn't going to be that great. But if you've done some preparations, then it you can actually get something good out of a, a workshop like that. Um, yeah. But it could, yeah, be good to to time box it like two days each and and or one day each, and then um, head into a session like that. Yeah, that sounds smart. Overall, it feels like this is a good learning exercise for for both of us and figuring out a better way to collaborate um, and hopefully avoid it in the future, or at least if you can't avoid it, at least notice it earlier in the process and not like three weeks in. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, it's done. It's mostly done. We're going to deploy it probably after this call, at least the backend side of things. Um, and then, yeah, maybe roll it out tomorrow or Thursday, but then I'm leaving for a vacation next week. So maybe, maybe we roll it out after it. Let's see. Let's see how the rest of this day and tomorrow goes. Um, it just does don't want to jinx it. Like don't want to jinx my vacation again. Um, anyways, the other thing I, promised or kind of said i was about to do was like use fridays for account uh, like admin work and accounting and stuff like that and i totally didn't do that <laughs> so instead of reviewing my taxes i uh, built a small password strength indicator which was a lot of fun but also super unnecessary and i kind of feel bad about it but it was also fun so i don't know well that's it's the it. most productive procrastination I've seen in quite a while. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, as I said, like super unnecessary, but it's kind of nice and cool. But, um, but I, it's I, fun that you built something. You didn't scroll Twitter for three hours instead of doing your taxes. True. That would have been the alternative. So, yeah. It was a little bit of like recreational coding in a sense. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> sometimes i just have to do stuff like that anyways um i should do my taxes this week i will do my taxes this week so it's out of the way for the vacation um yeah this is a promise yeah you can you can punish me in some way if i don't (laughs) do my taxes this week Ooh, gotta think about what that is (laughs) or we can give you a gold star on Twitter when you tell Aww. us that you have completed your taxes on Friday or Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also nice. But uh, I think I'm more I, I'm more worried about getting punished uh, than mm. than getting a gold star. Mm. Mm. Well, gold stars but, are not, so nice as well. I mean, aren't wouldn't the German? Biocracy punish you if you don't send this in. Yes, but the deadline for this particular tax return, because it's a 2021 tax return, mm-hmm. and I've got my my accountant basically um, ask for like a permanent extension. So the deadline for this is sometime next year. I think it's May oh. 2022. Uh, oh yeah, that's yeah, so that, that doesn't that, work. <laughs> it's still that's still plenty of time. Um, yes. Okay, we'll give you gold star on Thursday if it's completed, and then if not, we'll like 
you listen, their listener can send in uh, punishment. <laughs> Um, suggestions for the for the week after uh, Benedict's vacation. Yeah. Okay. I, I better finish it now. Um, yeah. Other than that, and and user list news, um, growth overall has been a little bit slow over the last two months, and we're not entirely sure why. Like we're sort of, we're sort of blaming like the overall state of the world. <laughs> Um, but then again, I don't see a good reason why that should be a case. Um, but for example, like, uh, March and April have, have been super slow in terms of, um, MRR growth. Um, but over the last couple of days, we've gotten a lot of new trials. So that feels kind of exciting because I think the number of active trials right now is the highest it has ever been. So there's hope that the slow growth so period is coming to an that. end. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we see. It's a little bit, I don't know, it's a little bit annoying to not see that MRR number grow, especially if, as we had like nice growth in the first couple of months of the year and, and end of last year. But I don't know. Hopefully the new trials convert or most of them convert and then we're st like still uh, working towards like the new pricing model, um, and the sign-up flow is like one big piece of it. And I guess after our vacation, um, because like our front-end developer is taking the day, uh, the week off to uh, next week as well. So we're both away, and after that, we're going to finish like the last missing pieces, um, basically adding upgrade prompts into the app. Uh, so if you access a feature that is not part of your plan, it, it will it will ask you to upgrade and stuff like that. And once that once that is in place, I guess we are ready to to introduce the new pricing, and that hopefully will help with MRR growth. Um, at least it should in, th in theory because it's higher prices. Um, yeah. Um, and the last interesting piece of uh, news that is happening is uh, we are hiring again, uh, this time for a community advocate role, um, just a part-time role this time, like not a full-time thing. But the idea behind this is um, we've been we've become better at producing good content for our blog and our website in general. Um, but we're still doing a bad job of actually promoting it. Um, so usually we write or pay someone to write a good blog post and publish it to the website, maybe send a tweet about, about it, maybe send it to the mailing list, and that's about it. Um, so we are trying to find someone who will help with promoting our existing content and also participating in online communities that are relevant to our industry, like either stuff like indie hackers or, I don't know, marketing-related communities, to just be present there, be a helpful participant in those communities, chiming in on conversations, maybe linking to interesting blog posts on our website from time to time, and maybe a little bit promote, like promote user list. Um, and there's been an argument for like we should probably do that ourselves, like Jane and me as the founders. 
but we've learned over the last couple of years that we just have don't have it in us <laughs> uh the the thought of like being part of many communities and like actively participating and reading stuff and and coming up with good comments and stuff like that is just overwhelming and at least for me and i guess for jane as well it would be just a distraction from actual work on the product um i mean again you could argue it's marketing and therefore it's important um <laughs> but i don't know if it just feels miserable in terms of you're not <laughs> enjoying it at all it's it's not easy work and therefore probably you're not doing a good job at it and um that's why we're trying to find someone basically um someone to help us out with that who has like maybe a different personality and a little bit more more of a people person or more of a extroverted community person that that actually enjoys doing that type of work so um yeah let's see how it goes uh jane is talking to a couple of interesting candidates so maybe by the time i'm back in two weeks we will have hired someone but um let's see but if somebody listening wants to apply, where would they go? How would they go about that? Um, the job posting is up at userlist.com slash careers. That's the overview page of all open positions right now. So right now there's only one. But <laughs> there's details about uh, the job in there and also a link to a form where you can apply. And um, yeah, then Jane will probably reach out to you if you're a good fit or look like a good fit. And um schedule a call and discuss next steps cool yeah and, and what are you doing for a vacation next week um we are going to lake constance for a week and uh, just exploring that area of germany where i've been to lake constant once i guess for a day and now we have a week to yeah just explore be outside a little bit in theory weather should be hopefully be good around there usually it's a little bit warmer than everywhere else so um yeah and lake constant is kind of big so it hopefully feels a little bit like being close to the sea or something like that we'll see i mean that's the hope but let's see if it plays out like that anyways looking forward to it looking forward to staying away from work at all like not doing anything hope nothing breaks <laughs> um are you bringing your laptop i am yes yes I, we're not in a state where i can go anywhere without it but hopefully i'll i'll not open it like the plan is to bring it but keep it in the bag and not use it <laughs> crossing my fingers and praying <laughs> to the uh product the sas gods that the sas gods yeah. stay, that it will stay in the bag yeah that's the plan yeah, but that's about it for this week. Um, do you have anything else you want to discuss? Nope. Then I guess see you in two weeks. And I'll see everyone else around the interwebs. Nice. <laughs> Bye.